Really, I, I don't have a whole lot to say on Geno's suspension. I know that's the big development from last night, but to me, there was just no surprise element to it. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. But yeah, Evgeny Malkin was suspended by the NHL's Department of Player Safety. Four games for his vicious, nasty, and damaging cross-check on Mark Berwicki the other day at PPG Paints Arena. It was deserved. The explanation put forth by the Department of Player Safety was a sound one, plain and simple, that there was visibly intent. There was nothing at all hockey-related to the maneuver, nothing that the opponent had done before that would justify the action. And there is a history, Malkin having been suspended before and having been fined before. That's it. My only complaint is the same one that I've always got and the same one that everyone else has always got, and that's be consistent. There's no reason Tom Wilson should be outside all of these rules. There's no reason he should operate on an island. and I really don't even care to make it more complicated than that because, you know, you can bring up Austin Matthews and his cross-check that got him two games that actually looked a lot worse than Geno's, but there's no history there with Matthews, and that is part of the process. Wilson, to me, is outside Everything because he's George Peros's buddy and he's convinced Peros that everyone's just out to get him and it's an unjust world. And it's stomach turning. It it really is whenever it comes to Wilson. To me, so much of this is just about Wilson. The inconsistencies that this department shows. But again, I, I don't have you know, there there's not much for me to elaborate on here, it's the right call. It's a, it's it's the it's the right supplemental call, I should say, since the on ice officials blew it, and it's something that does make the game a little bit safer, a little bit, one at a time. Now, start calling those on Wilson, and you'll have a safer sport overall. The Penguins and Islanders play tonight in Elmont, New York. The Penguins with a win, can clinch their 16th consecutive Stanley Cup playoff berth. That is the longest active streak in all of professional sports, depending on your perspective as to whether or not Major League Soccer qualifies. The Seattle Sounders would be second behind them at 12. And it is, in and of itself, an impressive, amazing streak unto itself. But, you know, there's this small matter of being bounced in the first round in the last three of those and facing something similar this spring if this team doesn't get different results and really a different level of, what's the word I'm looking for here, 
I mean, I keep coming back to energy, but it is energy, a different level of energy from this group that looks like it's lacking a lot of that. And one way to instill that is to find the energy that you've got, the players you've got that are still buzzing around, and get them into more prominent positions. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. One positive example of putting a player who's performing well, who's flying around into a more prominent position, was Mike Sullivan's a little bit surprising promotion of Mike Matheson to the top defense pairing alongside Chris Letang for that game against Nashville. And it had results. Every time the two of them have been together, yeah, there's the occasional hiccup because both of those players are always trying to make great plays. And sometimes that can mean doing things that are a little harder than they need to be. What I like about their dynamic, Matheson and Latang, is that it feels almost like they're having a contest. You know what I'm saying? Like they're both out there trying to do special things with the puck once they get it. There were two dynamite rushes in this game that Latang had. There might have been six of those. For Matheson. And I thought, and actually taped onto our website's live file and on social media, that I thought Matheson was going to win the game. And he ends up basically creating his own breakaway and then setting up ultimately the overtime winner that Sid got. Great. That's great. Take that guy and get something more out of him. You know who else I'm going to throw into this mix? Yeah, Ricard Raquel. You figured that one out pretty easy. This is a player who was on the rink with Sid for a total of no more than two and a half minutes together. And they accounted in those two and a half minutes for all three of Pittsburgh's goals. With Raquel making outstanding passes to Sid on both of Sid's goals. I'm looking for something, some elements of this team to rise up. I've been looking for that for a while. I've hoped that there would be some Wilkes-Barre-Scranton component to it. I remain hopeful that Drew O'Connor can find a way to become part of this, that he could arrive for these last few games and break through, make himself indispensable. Sit one of these other people who's dragging around. If Raquel plays with Sid, it's a no-loss proposition. Everyone knows exactly what they're going to get from Sid, Jake Gensel, and Brian Rust. You could put them back together at a moment's notice on the eve of game one and not worry in the slightest. 
And you also know, for that matter, when Gino comes back, and talk about being able to get your rest now, that Rust can play with Gino. So set it up that way. Put Raquel into a position where he doesn't have a ceiling over his head. What are you going to do? Leave him on the second line now with Geno suspended and have Jeff Carter up there and just kind of hope it goes okay? No, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Put Carter, Rust, and Zucker out there as your second line. Put Raquel on the first line and just take a look. You've got a couple of games against the Islanders. They're obviously going to present a a tough defensive challenge because they've actually played a lot better of late. And you'll be able to see something and learn something. I can't say this enough. These games don't matter. The standings don't matter. If the Penguins finish in a wild card spot, maybe they'll avoid the Rangers. Maybe they won't because the Rangers might overtake the Hurricanes. None of that stuff matters. Don't worry about it. Worry about making your team better. And right now, there's at least a reasonable chance to think it could be better by doing the same thing for Raquel that you did for Matheson. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Joe Farley, who asks, can Gino appeal? Can he reduce the suspension? You can appeal, Joe, but I'd wonder why. First of all, you're not going to win. What's your counter on this? They even said in the NHL's video that always accompanies these suspension announcements that Gino's main case was, well, that guy held me up. Which he did. If you watch the video a hundred times like I have, Borowiecki kind of reaches around Gino's left arm and slows him down from leaving the zone. Okay, so cause dental work? I mean, it, there's not a case to be made. There's not a defense to be had. But, but, here again, if Gino sits for four games, not that he wants to, uh, I don't know how many people realize this, But just throwing this in here inside parentheses, in addition to sitting out four games, Gino loses $190,000 of salary. That is a mega fine. Not that anyone should weep for him, as Gino has said himself. He's a rich guy. But wow, that's something. Okay, end parentheses. The other plus to this, actually the only plus to this, is he gets to sit for a little bit. I know that there are going to be people who are tired of hearing me talk about this team being tired. And I get that. They're professional athletes and and all else. But you're watching them. I'm watching them. And we're watching the same thing. You're looking at a team that right now is a step behind almost everybody they play. And unless the opponent does something really wrong, kind of the way uh, Nashville did when David Riddick came out of the net and Raquel got in there on the forecheck and caused the havoc that led to Sid's first goal in that game, you're not seeing an effective forecheck. Why? They don't have their legs. They don't have any juice. They got nothing. 
right about now. Now, go back to around Christmas time. Remember the big 17-2-2 run? Well, what's gotten forgotten about that run is that some of it was before the big two-week COVID break, and the rest of it came after that. And the Penguins were just a house ablaze in the second portion of that. Why? Old guys had a chance to rest. That's it. That's all there is to it. Sure, Sid's 34. Sid found all kinds of fuel on Sunday. I don't know where he got it from, but he's Sid. Not everybody is Sid. Jeff Carter isn't Sid. Jeff Carter's dragging around the rink. Ryan Dumoulin is dragging around the rink. We're not seeing the same impact even from some of the, you know, the bigger star guys. Remember how incredibly effective and productive Latang was early in the season? Now he's, you know, he's just kind of a guy. They need a break. And yes, they have one coming up next week. There's four consecutive days off after their matinee in Boston this weekend. And if Mike Sullivan is smart, he gives them like two or three of those days to just do nothing. Let them skate on the fourth day. Yes, they will lose the game that they play after that because they didn't get their legs all the way back. And, oh, no, you'll violate all the hockey coach code. Doesn't matter. Let them heal up. Let them breathe a little bit. I asked Sid after that game on Sunday what this team needs to do to perform consistently the way it did in the third period against the Predators, and his response twice was to utilize the phrase, in your face. We need to be in your face. Well, there's only one way to do that. There's only one way to play that type of hockey, which was something that I was talking about even back then when they were flying high, that I worried this was this was really fun. But it's one thing to do it in October and even January after a two-week break. But it's quite another to do it seven months later. And that needs to be addressed. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.